Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Risk with Dr. Naveen Agarwal. Each week we talk about a topic related to risk management of medical devices in a very casual and informal way. This is not a webinar or lecture, rather our goal is to talk about key topics and challenges in a very informal way and share best practices. I'm your host Naveen Agarwal and I'm the principal and founder at Achieve where my personal mission is to help you achieve success in risk management. In this episode, I'm joined by Hugo Felix, and we are talking about how a collaborative culture plays a role into effectiveness of the quality management system and the risk management system. Hugo has enormous experience in the industry, ranging from small organizations to large organizations, medical devices, IBDs, and pharmaceutical companies. So he has a lot of experience in the area of culture and how it affects our ability to do quality management right. We discussed this topic in front of a live audience as part of a LinkedIn live audio event. And you are about to hear a recording of our conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So Hugo, welcome. Uh, it's great to have you here. And uh, please go ahead and introduce yourself to the crowd. Uh, thanks, Naveen. First of all, thanks for having me here and the kind of introduction, and, and thanks to your great audience for being here. I know we'll have a definitely valuable discussion. Uh, just a little bit of background, right? I've got, uh, I, I always say 25 years plus in, in the industry in different capacities and, and different areas. Uh, I stopped counting at 25 just to try and not date myself, but, but I, I will anyways through the discussion. Uh, and I worked in uh, right in uh, devices, uh, in retro diagnostics, pure pharma, and as well as combination products with both device primary motor action and pharma primary motor action. And we'll talk through some of those lessons learned through those uh, 25 years plus. And on a more personal note, I'm happily married, father of twins, but just about to become an empty nester because those twins are graduating from high school. Wow, that's so. I did not know this, Hugo, but looks like that you and I have something in common. My twins are uh, graduating next year, and uh, it's it's an it's been an interesting ride. So it's it's interesting to know, um, you know, hear that from you and your experience as well. Uh, so that I know you have a broad experience, and more importantly, I think you have seen different working cultures, small organizations, large organizations, matrix organizations, and you have seen like the whole spectrum. And I think that is where it becomes fascinating for, for us to learn from you. Uh, and I'm very curious, what does a culture of collaboration feel like? What does it, how does it feel when you are in a culture of collaboration? Sure. And so uh, we were talking a little bit about this before, right? And, and like I said, uh, in the QRS and design control and as in risk management, right? This is really a team sport. Right? That's the devices get more mm -hmm. uh, complex and we address uh, these things. There's a lot of value in the cross-functional teams looking at these things from different lenses, right? And and then making sure you're completely addressed uh, effectively, the, you know, what the target is. And so I think, you know, you, you want to make sure uh, that so that all those viewpoints are captured well and, and the process is done well. Uh, you want to make sure you create an environment where that is possible, right? Where there's good communication, the structure, or the solutions that you pick fit, fit the culture and, and the structure of the organization, right? 
and and where you drive consistent execution of risk management, for example, across different business units and, you know, when you bring together different functions. And so that, you know, it does require work, it does require um, the support of, of top management, and it does require monitoring, right? Because there are certain things that could come through and, and sort of upset the apple cart. Mm-hmm. So you have to stay on top of these things. Uh, Intel management has to really provide the resources, right? The, the the time even to stay up with standards and and monitor warning letters, recalls, right? And, and what products have launched that impact the state of the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you're, you're actually a resource I use, right? To stay informed, you put out these great newsletters, right? But that's, that's sort of the constant uh, state of, of scanning for what's happening and then bringing that back in from your viewpoint into a cross-functional team setting that drives this. So in that context, Hugo, I know we always say top management has to kind of drive this, set the tone. We always say that. And if you look at it, I think in most cases they do. And then we also say that everybody in the team should be empowered to speak up. And in some cases they do, some cases they don't. And yet, you know, I, I worked in the industry also for 20 years. And my experience is you have pockets. You have pockets of excellence in an organization where collaboration happens. And there are areas within the same organization. It doesn't happen. So I think my question, I'm interested to see, I hear from you, what, what is the secret sauce? Right? We, we are saying all these things, but what is the secret sauce to collaboration? So I think, you know... Great question. I mean, and I, I think one of the, the key things, right, everybody has to be clear as to what are we, you know, the vision of what we're trying to accomplish, right? I'll, I'll give an example uh, of of some of the challenge around this that, I got, that, I, that I've had, and it probably makes it easier, right? Uh, yeah. I've worked in, for example, combination products, and, <laughs> and you couldn't device experts with pharma experts, for example. Um, and you, you don't only need to communicate, you need to understand if you're talking the same language, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, stability is a term that exists on both sides, and it means sort of similar thing, but pharmaceutical stability and device stability, different things, right? And so uh, that's an example of, of where you can be speaking about the same topic yeah. and then walk away thinking there's agreement and walk away still understanding different things, right? And so later when the execution happens, it's like, wait, what happened? I thought yeah. we agreed. Yeah. How do we how do we miss each other? So, you know, what 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 went wrong? And so I think, for example, in that type of an environment, uh, you know, I always find helpful. It's like you can't just stop at the conceptual kind uh, of we understand each other. You, you have to go a level deeper and go through and walk through specific examples to ensure your line, right? Uh-huh. You sort of have to validate that alignment. And so it takes, that's an example of what I say, it takes practice, right? And it takes uh, concerted effort to ensure right, yeah. you line. Uh, and so it's not just wanting to communicate, right? But making sure you go that extra step and validate uh-huh. that, yes, we don't, I don't only think we had alignment, I tested for that alignment. So, right? so, so that, Hugo, in, in, in organizations or cultures where you see this happening, do you see uh, this happen spontaneously? That you know, some people raise their hand and say, "You know, are we sure we are aligned? Are we sure we understand each other?" Do you think it is happening spontaneously, or do you think there is some kind of an assigned role 
uh, of a facilitator or a leader who is managing all this? How how does this happen? Yeah, so I've been in both in in, in both scenarios, right, where there was a, a facilitator and where there wasn't. And I would tell you that where there wasn't, uh, sometimes, uh, and I can speak to these personally, right? Sometimes you have to get the scars and figure that out. Yeah, and then that sort of builds that practice where you you know as an individual start doing that and then share that to other those learnings to other people so that you can create that culture right within your team first and then across the teams you operate uh but i think where there's complexity in the organization right where we're doing large systems with big systems that are themselves development uh i've seen risk coaches do this very effectively right guard or the making sure we have a consistent approach of risk management across different subsystems that bring in different expertise mm-hmm. right but trying to stay under the framework and, and executing for example risk management uh consistently across the organization um so i think it can be done both ways right yeah. um it really works well if everybody's sort of minding the store right and looking for it uh, yeah but you can draw the facilitators yeah and i think when you and i were chatting briefly just before we went live you shared a very interesting example i'm hoping you can share that again uh when we are working on different areas like software the device the integration the system the patient like how do these pieces work together with each other and what happens when there is an issue Can, can you talk about that a little bit Sure. Yeah. And so, I, you know, software's raised opportunity challenge. I, I don't think we talked about this, but I've been in a health and wellness company uh, that had nothing to do with devices and was trying to turn their product the other way, right? From a health and wellness, what I would term commercial, right? Consumer product into a device. Uh, and so I was kind of like employee number one for uh, devices and trying to explain to some folks, some software, really good software developers mm-hmm. and no medical device experience about, hey, uh, you know, we need to do eventually design validation of the entire uh, product and, you know, because of all the systems. And they're like, well, yeah, don't worry about it. We do software validation, right? <laughs> We're, 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 we'll, we'll get to that. Uh-huh. So, well, you know, in our language, right? And that's another kind of translation, right? Is that software validation is more in the design verification space. Mm-hmm. There's a step beyond that, uh, right, that you need to do. And so I think that piece, right, when we're running through that, and, and um, again, I will go back to the understanding, uh, watching out for those. And then the other piece, when you get some of these, complex organizations and even it may not need to be the complex organization a complex product can also bring this forward right mm-hmm. but we have to check for those interfaces right where the software is sort of handing off the hardware what can happen in between right and and uh those interfaces and and minding those areas where those interfaces happens are as well uh, uh, uh something you really have to keep because you know uh and we talked about this right uh the customer doesn't really care it's like hey uh your software people did this to me they care hugo it looks like i lost you for a moment can you hear me yes i can hear you i can hear you now we i I lost you briefly uh you were saying something about the customer perspective correct and so right the customer doesn't really care about hey the software the, the you know the your software guys didn't do this it's like the product does not deliver this function Right. Mm-hmm. And so 
uh, I always tell my team, it's like, you know, sometimes, especially in the combination space, we have these divisions of what gets done by the pharmaceutical side or the device side and, and the same in, in the reverse. Uh, but you can have that between like the software team, right? Or the, the machine X machine, which is a subsystem of an entire system, right? Uh, if you find uh, an issue that does interfaces or an issue that doesn't fall under your responsibility, it's like, okay, great. So whose is it? And how do you communicate mm-hmm. that, right? And so wherever you find these things in the organization, we should be looking out, right? Because the goal is patient safety. It's not just I do my role, but if I find a risk that I don't know if it's been already covered, mm-hmm. right? You need to have that open communication even across beyond, you know, beyond your responsibility. Yeah. So, so that we know we're driving right, right. You know, patient safety. So I feel like, I think Hugo, I feel like in, in, principle and theory, this sounds interesting and good, but I think that the test of the system or the culture is in the moment of crisis. So let's take an example of a recall. And unfortunately, recalls are common in our industry despite our best efforts. And we cannot predict what kind of crisis we will face tomorrow. So if a, I think that there might be some secret sauce in a culture that could handle a recall much better than others. Would you, um, uh, would you agree with that statement or you know, there's no connection? How, how do you feel about that? I mean, I think, you know, in a culture where where the communication is open and flows quickly, I think you're, you have a much better chance of handling a, a recall uh, effectively, right? Uh, I think uh, I've worked in organizations where sort of the information seems to be this, this uh, proprietary thing that I don't want to let go because then I lose, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh this this kind of this power I have by having this and uh, I'm reminded I have a really good friend that always says hey you know the the data the information uh, belongs to the product and you're at your service you know you you work on behalf of that product because that's how you deliver right the value to the patient uh-huh. and so we really have to be mindful share across boundaries and and share our view and our right that that the the lens through which we see the issues and hand our part so that when all of those come together, like I say, that's just another facet of that team sport, right? When all those views come together, we can make a better decision. And you're not pointing fingers. You're not pointing fingers. You are saying together we own the whole problem. How do we solve it? So let me then ask you just a very quick follow-up question. Again, I'm very interested. I, I, I know it's supposed to happen, but in, in day-to-day situation, it's difficult not to point fingers, honestly. Things happen. And that's a storming part. Like one in, once an event has happened, teams are storming. And they have to norm and basically work together. Uh, and again, I would like to explore, like, what is what is holding it all together? Are there people who are respected in leadership positions? They are calling out, hey, guys, we got to kind of move on. Or together, the team collectively realizes that they have to make progress. How does this happen? I'm very curious to hear about that. I, you know, so I, I, I do think that, obviously, from the top, right, you, you have to model that. But I think as you go down, right, I, I, I'll be in my personal example, right, I always try to model that uh, from my team. And I, I, I'm reminded of one of those, um, I have some of these speeches I gave when I hire people. It's like, you know, hey, it's great, especially young younger engineers as they're moving up uh, the change into kind of leadership roles. It's like, I, I didn't hire you because you fit the bill and are going to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to make mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. And and the QMS is actually built, if you think about it, right? 
there are mistakes that are made. The question is, do we react to them quickly and effectively? Yeah. Does the system work for us to let us improve? And are we driving that improvement, right? And so that sharing of that, uh, those issues and, and understanding that, hey, you got an issue and you bring it forward and it's how do we solve it together and how do we use these systems, right? And how do the processes help you? So I'm so I'm I'm hearing you say a very important thing here, which is I think a key insight is as a leader, when you recruit people, when you lead people, you set the expectations and you set the tone and you live there through example. And hopefully there's a critical mass of leaders who are exhibiting that behavior and that's how the culture may shape. Is that kind of a right reading that I have based on what you said? Definitely. And I mean you're just spot on, right? I mean, I think you uh right. It, it, it comes from the top, but every every leader within that levels of the organizations has to model that, mm-hmm. right? And that expectation and watch out and make sure that it happens. And if it doesn't, right, go in and, and try and correct that. Yes, that behavior, right? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make mistakes. It's not. Uh, I uh, I I I had the speech from you know when I was young myself from a from a great uh, manager of mine. So it's like. Hey, asking you to be perfect, but if there's an issue, let's bring it forward and resolve it together. Awesome. And I think that's where the critical mass will happen when there are, there's enough of such leaders across the organization. So great. Guys, we are at a point now where I would love to have you uh, get involved. So uh, the way to do that, here you go, David. So I'm going to uh, bring you to stage, but everybody, if you want to participate, please uh, raise your hand virtually and you can find that in the three dots on on the profile picture that you have and request to speak and i will bring you on stage and don't don't wait uh you know raise your hand and i'll start bringing you up so we will have a good conversation so go ahead please uh, david go ahead unmute your mic and share what you have in mind thank you naveen uh and thank you hugo this is fascinating i'm just riveted and uh it's kind of a field that i'm also fascinated with so I have a complicated question for you a little bit. Um, the first is kind of looking beyond, say, individual products and mechanisms, but looking at the entire organization, cross-functional, as you put, uh, what are some of the newest and, and maybe most effective techniques or tools that you're employing today to deal with that? And then the second part of my question is, are you looking at some of the newer mathematical tools to actually measure this interaction, such as game theory or causal theory or mechanism theory? I'm just curious about that. Thank you. Thanks, David. Uh, great question. I will say we haven't looked at uh, game theory and causal theory as far. I, I will say as far as tools, you know, it, we have pots like every organization, and I'll, I'll speak across the board. But uh, to to my experience, pass right. I think if you go to different organizations, you'll see anything from paper based to Excel to trying to move. I think the big move is to move into some of these digital platforms that make reuse of some of the aspects that can be reused um, easier, make us more efficient, so that we spend more time not on the sort of the administration of it, but on the value of, you know, the thought process and getting to uh, those those risk mitigations being uh, established. Um, the other piece I will say um, from, uh, 
system perspective, you know, uh, haven't gotten to game theory, but we talked a little bit about this in the meeting, right? The, the oversight of the process, right? Making sure the process is effectively handling uh, the issues and making sure that the, the taking a step back as a whole, engaging the health of the process and are we really addressing risks, right? Are there any misses? Are there any new developments uh, that can kind of upset the apple cart and, and force us to go in a new direction? Um, I'll give the example of something, right? AI and ML is all the rage and it's hit through devices as well. And we know that there's a lot of activity mm-hmm. in terms of new standards, right? Around those and standards even around how risk is applied to, to you know, devices with AML. Uh, I, I, I can bring the example of that Amy uh, consensus report. That's the first time I've ever seen a consensus report being adopted by FDA. Uh, it's now turned into technical inspection report, right? Uh, 34971, <laughs> I believe it's, it's number, yeah. which deals with the application of, you know, 14971 to AIML enabled devices. There's a guidance for that. And so I think the other piece around that, uh, a lot of times we, you know, and, and we pursue it, right? Computational modeling and how we can get smarter and more efficient. Uh, but don't discount just good old fashioned as well monitoring, uh, you know, and, and scanning kind of where uh, products are going and then making sure that your processes are capable, you know, flexible enough or account for these things or can handle, if not, the change needed to be able to drive right to the products you're going to expect to be launching in the future. So what I'm hearing you say, Hugo, is that like, you know, of course we have to uh, be watching out and keeping up with what's happening in the industry with new tools, new know-how. But I, I feel like, and would love to hear your thoughts on it, I feel like we need uh, translators. We need good translators who can translate what's happening in the external world appropriately in a way that we can implement internally in our organization. Right? We can't really yeah. copy, we can't really copy-paste. Correct. Right. And, and I think two points along that. I mean, one is like the solutions we implement have to work in the culture and the organization. That right. Way. Right. And so that, that has a requirement. And you need to have, you know, some of your stronger folks looking out, uh, and, and a number of them looking out for what's developing, right, out there, what new standards are coming, what new issues because you know standards are 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 friends right and and then when you bring them in you still have to it's not sort of a copy and spade uh copy paste the standard tells me to do this right it is okay let's think through this how does this apply could we have you know any issues how do we generate the data to make sure we're following Mm -hmm. uh appropriately these things so definitely uh there's there's work involved in this right great so david you are still on stage so you know you have it if you have any other thoughts or questions, go ahead. But I want to invite uh, other people as well. You know, please engage, share your thoughts. I know you guys guys have experiences and insights. I'm going to bring Subi. But uh, while we wait for Subi, David, go ahead. You know, if you have any sure. other thoughts, please. Well, thank you, Hugo. This could go on forever. I'm just fascinated. So one of the things in particular I'm curious about is what types of success have you had in getting buy-in at, at the executive level. You know, the people that are sort of being driven by cost and really short-term profit-driven type ideas, which 
can be very much at odds with designing a safe and, and effective product. Yeah, I, you know, if any, it's been my experience, but I, I do think, you know, making the case for patient safety is 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 not usually hard. Now you have to be pragmatic and, and your idea you have to make sure you understand your audience. But uh in our at least in my example in the pharma and even in the in the device, you know, and, and, and combination products, uh patient safety is is, is regarded as a super very high importance. And so uh, I I think once you you do present the case and how it ties to patient safety, make sure you address that. And we have great tools, right? ISO 14971, mm-hmm. and you may have QRM, right? If your process that, that's implemented is good and you follow that process, you you and you go with the, the information to be able to get them to a data-driven decision, right? And, and the level of detail that we have kind of... Um, through sort of summarize so that, that a good decision is made. And I would say, and so it's kidding the game, right? What's my proposed uh, solution? Uh, we can have those discussions and and drive forward. And and I don't, I'll, I'll go back to the collaboration, right? It's not always what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. There's always, once the discussion is had, a path forward we can all get behind and we know is, is taking and also, I will add, I will add to that, Hugo. I, I think I agree with you. Patient safety is considered to be absolutely important. However, I have seen it happen. We cannot use patient safety as an excuse to push another agenda. So you will be challenged. I believe in a collaborative environment, you will be challenged for the business case. And you just can't say patient safety without being able to really talk about it in a holistic way. So. Uh, Subi, and I know we're going to run against the clock very soon. So Subi, uh, you are very patient. Thank you for joining. And uh, please unmute your mic. Share what you have in mind. Yes. Uh, hi, Hugo. Long time no talk. Uh, uh, miss you hearing you talk. Um, so my, my question really has two parts. You touched on the uh, combination product space a little bit, but I was wondering if you could talk about collaboration on drug and device risk management. 14971 versus QRM and maybe avoiding redundant work. And then secondary to that, one personal struggle that I've seen as a junior engineer doing risk assessments and then, you know, as I've as I've uh, gained experience participating in group risk assessments is the, you know, uh, how much do you do on your own to get the conversation started versus getting everybody in a room and filling out a blank template. So um, if you could, if you could maybe address those two things. Hope the question yeah. makes sense. No, and thanks. It'll be great to hear you as well uh, in, in a while. Um, but uh, I think from the drug device perspective, we, I think it is, it is an area that's actually changing. And I, I was actually kind of coming through, you know, QRM space, it's, it's sort of changing and I understand moving a little bit more towards highlighting uh, patient safety than just, you know, product quality. Uh, I, I think, to me, the, the the framework of ABTIR 105, right, that is done for combination products, is a strong one. But I think the challenge is, uh, in order to integrate really well, uh, there's work to be done to change practices in the organization. And so that's, uh, I, I would say, still an ongoing process. 
uh, but there's certainly tons of value that we can learn, uh, you know, or, or get from both sides uh, to avoid redundancies, like you said, from the QR in space. And, you know, I think, you know, that that any drug development uh, risk assessments and how they feed into the to the device space, um, there's definitely areas where we're more collaboration and yeah I, I think it's a work in progress i think the standards are recognizing that that are coming out uh and it's an area where we're going to start converging and and being more efficient but um at least from my experience that there's, there's still work to be done uh, as you well know um the second piece right uh you were saying as a junior engineer you know how much how much do you bring in i think uh the, there's a couple of I, i've been in 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 multiple scenarios, right? Areas where somebody kind of gets some work done to get kickstarted in, in areas where you start with a blank slate uh, and and cross-functionally uh, folks go through and focus kind of like that one column at a time. I think it depends on the organization and the culture. Um, but definitely, I think there's, there's practices and tools as well. It's not, you know, disregard the tools. I think uh, it's an area that we need to move more and more across to in, in, in all organizations into the digital space. So uh, there's definitely reuse of, of information and knowledge that can be the starting point that makes us more efficient. But I really like, I think Hugo, I really like how you kind of uh, integrated the cultural aspect to this um, feeling or, or practice of encouraging junior engineers to participate. I love this. And guys, I know we can go on and on forever, this topic. Fascinating, obviously, a lot bigger than that. Uh, so I do want to share with you a few housekeeping points. Then I'll invite Hugo for very brief closing comments. Uh, and uh, as you guys know, we, we plan for only 30 minutes, but we meet every week. So if there are topics of interest that require more discussion, reach out to me and we will focus them focus on them again. So here are very few key housekeeping points. Mark your calendars for 11 a.m. Eastern every Friday, regardless of the topic. If you are interested, that way you will know when to come. And if you miss it, I produce the recordings with key highlights of, of a summary that you can read in an article on my newsletter. And that is published on a weekly basis. You can subscribe. The link is in the event notice here. Uh, there's a link. You can go subscribe there. And finally, what I would say, guys, all of you have insights and experiences to share. So if you ever so desire to be a guest speaker, as you know, this is a very casual conversation. No stress, no preparation. Please reach out to me and let me know if you are interested. With that, I want to thank you guys again and invite Hugo for some closing thoughts on this topic. Hey, uh, thanks for the invitation and thanks to your eyes for the engagement and great questions. Uh, come back to the point, sure, about it, it, this is a useful, right? Uh, the football analogy, bear with me, right? There's, there's offense, there's defense, and special, right? But you need to look at these different areas, different skill sets, and for those interfaces all the way as well. Uh, so, but, but, you know, the impact you can add on our, on the product and our patients and the leasing, so it's, it's definitely working out. That's awesome, Hugo. Right. But I will say to that, even every every good football team still requires a good coach. So I'm I'm hoping that the culture has cultivated these coaches who can really help achieve those goals 
where we have star players and they do very well in each each of their specialties. Uh, guys, again, thank you so much for uh, joining Hugo. Thanks so much for giving us your time and insights. David, Subi, thank you for coming on and, uh, and joining this conversation. Guys, I hope you are enjoying this. Uh, let me know through the react button how you are feeling. And um, I hope to see you again next week. Uh, keep an eye on the recording and the highlights in an article that could come your way every week if you subscribe. With that, again, thanks everybody. Have a good weekend. It's a long weekend, so have a good weekend and we will meet next week again. Bye-bye.